Have you ever had that moment in life when you just wanted something more than anything else? I mean, you just, you would do anything to make it happen. And you had that prayer that you kind of offered begging God to make your dreams come true. And it could have been anything in the world. And starting in high school, maybe that was the, the prayer to say, God, if you'll let us win this ball game, we get to go to state. And I can't wait to make that happen. And so please, God, hear my prayer. Or maybe it was a moment when you wanted to ask um, the, uh, the homecoming queen to prom. And you hoped that she said yes. Maybe it was deeper than that, too. Maybe it was a moment in time when you were single and wondering where Mr. or Mrs. Wright was in your life. And you prayed to God that that person would be revealed and you could move forward in what you figured was the next chapter of your life. Maybe, maybe it was a, a sickness that you were trying to overcome, and it was a pro prolonged event, and so you were asking God to, to give you health, or a loved one, that health, so that they could get back on their feet again. I, I don't know for you in your life what that thing is, but my guess is that most of us probably can remember the moment that we were just kind of down on our knees, pouring out our heart, tears streaming down, when we asked God to, to hear us out, to listen to our prayer. And I love the fact that in this uh, series on Psalms that we're concluding that today, but we're ending up in Psalm 139. So if you got your Bible this morning, I would encourage you to turn to Psalm 139. And if you don't have that this morning, the text will be on the screen as well. It's about prayer. David is going to inform us how awesome our God is, but then he's going to close the Psalm in this, what some would consider a very dangerous prayer. And my hope is at the end of this morning that you and I will have a renewed optimism about, first of all, how awesome our God truly is, and that we have a better understanding of what our prayer life might, should be like, could be like, if we took seriously that God truly answered our prayers. I think sometimes we pray shallowly, don't we? We thank Him for our food and and the kids, and schooling, and the list goes on, and those things are appropriate and good, but sometimes we just need to learn how to take it a little bit deeper, and David's going to show us that today in our psalm. I want to encourage you today as well that you would go home sometime today and that you would read the entire psalm. We're not going to do that this morning. Psalm 139, read the entire chapter slowly and just take in the descriptors that David has for our awesome God. And he starts out revealing to us that God is an all-knowing God. He's the kind of God that knows you by name. He knows your story. He knows what you're dealing with. The Hebrew word that David uses there is the word yada, which means this, this very intimate, personal knowing that God knows about you and your story, the things you're dealing with in life. God knows what that is. And David reminds us of that in the psalm. But then he moves on to describe God as this ever-present God. There is no place that you can go that God is not there. And that's a wonderful reassurance in our lives as we live out each and every day, sometimes with difficulty. And we're reminded, even in the difficult times, when we feel isolated and alone and desperate, that God is right there with us in our story. And then he moves from that moment, and David describes this, this God who is all-powerful. He spoke the world into existence. Church, that's a powerful God. 
He is ever-present. He's all-knowing. And he is so powerful that he's overcome everything that Satan could throw at his son while he was on earth, even conquering death. And now we have the promise of life because of all that our God is. Church, we serve an awesome God. And if you believe that, you should be saying amen louder than that. He is an incredible God. He is someone that we should give our very lives to. David goes on after those descriptors of God to to remind God, God, whatever you're doing in the world, I want you to know that I am on your your team, your side. I'm journeying with you. And sometimes in our own life, we get that backwards, don't we? We say, man, I'm sure glad God's on my side. The truth is, in life, we are on God's side. Whatever his agenda, whatever his plan, whatever story he is unpacking in the world around us, I'm saying as a follower, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. Whatever that is, please let me be part of your story. And as he closes out Psalm 139, he ends with this incredibly deep, passionate, revealing prayer in verses 23 and 24. And as I've said before, some people would say this is a dangerous prayer. Because God is going to do some incredible things in your life if you choose to make this part of your prayer life. So let's dig in verse 23 and 24 and see what David's going to unpack for us today. Verse 23 beginning. David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. The same word, yada, know me intimately. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Church, that is a powerful prayer. That is a scary prayer. Because if we pray that prayer with sincere hearts, with earnest, God's going to do some things in your life that I promise will change you in a more positive direction. Your life will be complete if he comes to the listening and doing of your prayers you've offered it. But this morning, I think out of these two verses, we can probably take away four things that I think David wants to reveal to us, how we can be more prayerful and in doing so, change our life for the better, knowing that we serve an incredible God that is powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. He is our God. And the first thing David prays for, he says this, he says, search my heart, O God, search my heart, O oh God. In verse 23, we're reminded as followers of Christ, listen closely. Without Jesus Christ, church, we don't have a good heart. If you believe that, say amen. You and I need Jesus Christ. We can be great people, we can be good people, we can be moral people, and no doubt you have people in your life that you would describe that way. But without Jesus Christ, there is no salvation. We have one God, there is one way to that God, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. And so with Christ in our life, we become the kind of people that God has created us to be. Even Jeremiah the prophet knew this when he says in Jeremiah chapter 17, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. God is ever-present. He's always walking with us. And so as followers 
of he and his son. We ask him, search our heart to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. Without Christ, we are not good. And we lie to ourselves every day. I know I do. I'm sure you do too. We say things like, I'm not really gaining that much weight, am I? No. I could get one more donut, couldn't I? Sure. We say things that are like, I don't really spend that much money, do I? I don't really have too much stuff in my garage, do I? I don't spend that much time on social media, do I? And don't look at the record my phone keeps of that, but I'm telling you, I really don't spend that much time on social media. I'm not really self-absorbed or prideful in how I approach people in life. In church, we lie to ourselves all the time. It's tough to say in a prayer, God, search me. And make me more like your son, Jesus Christ. And the question begins this morning by asking, are you willing to surrender to him and show that you can be changed by how incredible God truly is and can change your life for the better? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to pray this part of the prayer? And if we do, would God reveal in your life someone who is full of pride and self-centeredness? Would, would it show that maybe we are more materialistic than we would care to really admit? Would it show that we have built up anger over how maybe some people have treated us in the past and we haven't let go of that just yet and forgiven? Are we the kind of people that, that live in envy and jealousy of other people who might be a little more talented than we are? Or would God remind you and show you that you are indeed a compassionate person that looks a lot like his son, Jesus Christ, because you care about the people around you? Would it reveal that you really are someone who absolutely loves their neighbor as much as you love yourself? Would it reveal that you are a, a giving person of your time, talent, and resources so that the story of Jesus might be known? Are you someone that is full of grace and mercy when someone offends you? or does something against you? Are you more mission-minded in how you live life and work in the world around you? God will show you things when you pray, God, show me, search my heart, and tell me if I'm like your son, Jesus Christ. A scary prayer. But in verse 23, David also reminds us of another scary moment. Reveal my fears. What are the things in my life that I am worried about, stressed about, upset about? What are, what are my anxious moments in life? What makes you anxious and worried? I remember when we first moved here just uh, uh, close to 10 years ago, we bought uh, the house that we currently live in, and uh, in our bedroom there is a big moon window, a moon-shaped, half-moon-shaped window up high. It's not covered, and so on cloudless nights, the the moon comes streaming in, the, the, the moon beams. And I remember about halfway through the first week, I woke up in the middle of the night and the moon was shining bright. But the way it was casting um, its light created a shadow with the ceiling fan. And for about five seconds when I woke up in the middle of the night, to me, it looked like there was a man hanging on the ceiling ready to jump on top of me in bed. I was petrified. And for about five seconds, I was thinking to myself, what do these Texans have going on down here? I'm not sure exactly. I finally came to my senses and realized, oh, it's just, 
just a shadow, okay? We're going to be all right. My guess is in your life that there are some stressors and things going on in your life that are a little deeper than that. Because I know that we have some folks in this room, maybe joining us even online, that you're worried about losing your job. You know, the company is downsizing and you're not exactly sure where you fall in the mix. And you're wondering if that happens, how do I put food on the table? How do I pay the rent? Maybe the one stressor in your life is, again, you're getting older and you've not yet met the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with and you're wondering, is God going to deliver that person to me somewhere in my story? Maybe you have a marriage that started out on a great foot, but for whatever reason right now, it's not in a good place. So the anxious moment in your life is the health of your marriage and the relationship you have with your spouse. Maybe for you, it's just the unknown. I'm not exactly sure what's coming around the corner, what's tomorrow, what's next week. And I'm fearful of what lies out there in the darkness and how am, is it going to affect me in my own life. Maybe for you, it's simply failing and you don't want to be a failure to your friends and your family. So you're worried about that particular thing. Maybe it's the loss of someone very close to you, a parent, a grandparent, someone who has loved you well through the years. You've heard me say this next phrase before, but it is so absolutely true. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If we're worried about our marriage, and rightly so, then we might be worried that God can't heal us and make us different and better. If it's about paying the bills, maybe we're fearful that God won't provide for us. If it's our kids when we put them on the school bus or, or drop them off in front of the school, we're fearful for our kids' safety. Maybe it's our lack of trust in God to protect us and our family. Show me where your anxious thoughts fall and I'll show you where you don't trust in God. And if I could be real for you here just for a moment, for me personally, the thing that I fear is failing. My perfectionism gets in the way a whole lot in my relationships because I'm fearful of letting people down. I'm fearful of not being enough for my family, for my friend group, for the church, for the folks I work with. And so that's my stressor. That's the thing that keeps me up sometimes at night. But I'm also reminded as I read God's word that as a Christian man, I cannot be driven by fear. I must be driven by faith in an almighty God. Amen. And each and every one of us can grasp onto that and hold it true to ourselves. Because after all, Paul tells us that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but one of power and love and boldness. That's how we're called to live every single day. If you pray this prayer, search my heart. Reveal my anxious moments. God will come to you and answer your prayer. But maybe the scariest part of David's prayer, and even for us this morning, is to re uh, reveal our sin. In verse 24, David says, I want you to uncover my sin, God. Show me where I'm failing you. Show me where I'm not meeting the standard that you've set. And for us as disciples of Christ today, 
we can ask the same question. God, uncover my sin and show me what is offensive to you in my life. I don't know about you, but it's pretty easy to see other people's sins, isn't it? I mean, I can look out here and I can just start naming them. I won't, so don't get nervous. <laughs> it's a little harder to see my sin. When I look in the mirror, it's hard to name the things that I struggle with, that I deal with. But you've been in those conversations before. Man, he sure is opinionated. Man, did you see the way she dressed coming in the church uh, Sunday morning? <laughs> Man, can you believe the gossip that this person is kind of helping to, to maintain and move along? See, we end up accusing other people and then excusing ourselves. This is a tough part of the prayer. God, uncover my sin and reveal it to me so that I can be more like your son, Jesus Christ. This could be a game changer for every single person in this room. Giving God permission to reveal the sin in your life. It's one of those moments in prayer where you, your heart starts thumping harder. There's a lump in your throat. It's hard to swallow. The perspiration begins because you know, as I know, I am an imperfect person. And I want to be different. I want to be more like God's son, Jesus Christ. So maybe for us, a helpful part of this prayer might be to answer three questions. Because God reveals these kinds of things in different ways. And the first question you might ask yourself in regards to this particular topic is, what are other people trying to tell me? Now, there are always people in our lives, one, two, or three people who are trying to tell, tear you down and trying to tell you things that are untrue because they're jealous or they're envious and they, they don't want to be near you. I'm not talking about those people. But you probably have 10 or 12 close friends or family members that might be telling you the same story. And if that's the case, it might be time to sit and listen and think about. That's one question you could ask yourself. A second one might be, what have I rationalized for some time? What's the one thing in your life that you've rationalized that you say, look, I'm pretty good everywhere else, but this is the one thing that kind of gets me through the day. This is the one thing that I kind of keep close to me because it kind of eases my anxiety and helps me move forward in life. It's my one vice. Don't take that away. What's the one thing that you've rationalized most of your life? And the third question might be this, where am I most defensive? So when somebody brings something up that they see in your life, what's the one thing that makes you elevate your voice and change your body language? What's the one thing in your life that if it's mentioned, you're going to bring up a different subject to deflect and make it go in a different direction? See, God will point some things out to you that you've been denying along the way. And I want to remind you, too, that we confess to God for forgiveness but we confess to each other for healing. If we want to move forward in life and our relationships to be solid and God-centered, then first we've got to ask and confess to God so that we receive forgiveness. But secondly, we confess to one another so that we heal in the process. And church, I want to say something about Crosspoint here. I love the fact that we have a wonderful body of believers here. I love each and every one of you. All of you bring something special to the table. No one here is a stranger. We're all family. But church, we're an imperfect family. And I dare say we're kind of proud about that. We, we say it often. Because we realize, all of us, that we need Jesus. Every single one of us need Jesus. We're a, 
a community of believers who believe in each other and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, do we not? And so this is a place on Sunday morning where we can be real and relational and confessional to one another. But sometimes it happens in smaller groups like our connect groups or our small group teaching system we have here. Maybe it's a Bible study. It could be over a cup of coffee at a local coffee shop. I don't know where it happens for you, but this is a safe place to be real and authentic and confess where you're at and ask people to join you. One of my big fears early on in my adulthood was confessing where I was struggling because I thought I would probably get shot down, demeaned. But what I found were open arms. When I was just real, people would hug me, journey with me, walk with me in the moment. And that's the kind of relationship I want with people. How about you? This is a place where imperfect, broken people can find peace and are welcome here. And knowing that I'm imperfect and praying that part of my prayer, guess what? It simply points me back to the one person who can make a difference in my life, and his name, church, is Jesus Christ. He is the one that can change your life forever. He can make you whole. He can give you peace and the unconditional love that you've always desired in your life. But you and I have got to make a decision to surrender to him, to say yes to my Lord. And the last thing that David says in his prayer, verse 24, is lead me. God, I want you to lead me like you've never led me before. And early on in life, each one of us are given the script that the world has. And we're called, that's how you get through life. And so that script that the world gives you before Jesus, the world says if somebody hits you, you just hit them harder back. If, if somebody spreads gossip about you, then you make up lies to make it worse for them. If someone betrays you, you come back at them big time. But when you decide to follow Jesus Christ and you say, lead me, Jesus, you tear up the world's script and you take on the life of Jesus, which is a brand new thing the world doesn't want any part of because it's fresh, it's peaceful, it's inviting, it's forgiving, it's loving. That's who my Jesus is. And so sometimes when you get taken advantage of because of Jesus, we simply don't return with worse action. If somebody hits you, you simply walk away. If someone talks badly about you, you bless them. That's the life that Jesus has called us to. And you're sitting there this morning, maybe joining us online, saying, yeah, but Tim, you don't know my story. You don't know what they did to me. And can I gently say, it doesn't matter. Because in Jesus, we act differently. We love differently than the world around us. This is a dangerous prayer. But I'm going to challenge you over the next two weeks to have this as part of your prayer life on a daily basis. That, that in your prayer life, you would say, God, I want you to search me so that I can become more like your son, Jesus Christ. I want you to show me where I'm anxious in my life so that I can give that back to you and trust in you in that moment. I want you to unveil and uncover the sin that is in my life so that I can be forgiven and move forward into the life that you've called me to. And God, I want you to lead me like you've never led me before. Do that for two weeks.
and see if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up in your life and make things a whole lot better. I'm going to ask our shepherds and their wives together along the wall of this room as we sing this next song. And I know that there are some here in our audience, maybe joining us online too, who you've got some anxious moments going on in your life. And I want to encourage you as we sing this next song that you would actually leave your seat, go find one of our shepherd couples, let them pray for you and over you. For some of us, we've never asked God to lead us. And today's the day that you can surrender to him fully. I know after this service, we've got one baptism that's already going to happen. Tracy is here with us this morning, and she's made a decision. She's right back here. Got her hand up. And we're going to welcome you to the family after service through your baptism. And we're grateful you've said yes to Jesus. But I know that there are others here this morning that need to say yes to Jesus. Again, he's the only one that can change your life forever for the best, for the good. So do that prayer. Read all of Psalm 139. Come to Jesus and make your life totally different than it ever has been before. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to say a prayer of blessing over us before we sing this next song. But if you would, let's bow together as we stand. Father, we come to you this morning, first of all, thanking you because you are an awesome God. You love us beyond measure. You've offered grace and mercy to us, and we're so thankful. And God, we come to you this morning asking you to search our hearts, to reveal the places where we are anxious and nervous that you would uncover our sin and make us right with you again, and that, God, you would lead us like you never have before. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, who makes all of this possible. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we offer this prayer. And the church said, amen.